You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN Radio. We're going all in on the coverage. You can bet on it. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Hope everyone enjoyed the long weekend. Austin Matthews certainly did. A hat trick against Anaheim. Power play goal yesterday as the Leafs beat the St. Louis Blues 4-2. This show is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And the Leafs, we've just found out that Morgan Riley will not have his suspension overturned or reduced by a game. Yes! Oh, our sweet, innocent prince, Morgan Riley. It was in line to win the Lady Bing has been stolen from him by Gary Bettman, by the Department of Player Safety, by George Peros, and everyone else who is it against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We all know that. The only reason the Maple Leafs haven't won a Stanley Cup, some would blame coaching, others would blame, would blame draft and developing, not me. I blame the NHL trying to keep down the small market Maple Leafs from winning the Cup. So he'll have the fifth game. It's the Leafs against Phoenix. I think they've lost like eight of nine or something. Phoenix. Oh, Arizona, whatever. The (laughs) Phoenix, Arizona Coyotes of the Anaheim Angels of Orange Grove, whatever. Mike Trout says he doesn't want to be traded from from the Coyotes. Am I mixing teams here? I feel like I am. Yeah, you might be getting your lines a little bit blurred there. A little bit blurred. Um, As I tweeted out, the Leafs have been so good defensively. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's there's an appeal going on for Morgan Riley. I haven't thought about it. I saw someone tweet out maybe they should uh, appeal for another four games. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the joke going around. 4-0 without him. They've got a great record the last couple of years without Morgan Riley, which I think is more... Actually, in some ways, it's an indictment on the team. Oh, that's when you when you decide to behave? You know, when, uh, when your number one minutes-eating defenseman isn't around? It's like, guys, we got to play smart now. Oh! Damn it, do we? Morgan's out. All right, all right. Well, it's weird because it's not like a isolated trend this year only, right? Yeah. I think if you go back a couple of years, I think they're like 18-2-1 or something like that. It it's a large out. enough sample size, yeah. The, the, the four games, and again, I, I understand that Anaheim is not exactly a juggernaut, but St. Louis, when the teams faced off on the 13th, that was one of the hotter teams. St. Louis, the next game, then dummied Edmonton. Um, and I know the Blues have a negative goal differential, so they're not one of the true top teams, but they're a good team. They've held St. Louis twice, Anaheim and Philly, to 22 shots a game. We we haven't had to talk about Martin Jones or Samsonov, and they've been good. Samsonov's been, you know, he's, he's done his job. Um, the two goals allowed yesterday, one was power play, one off Lilligren's leg, the other, you know, just uh, empty net, 68 seconds to go, throw everything at the goalie, and, and one found its way past Samsonov. But the defense has been great. Like, give, give credit to Sheldon Keith, the coaching staff, and the players involved. They've all done their job without Morgan Riley. End of the four games, they've won uh, two of them without Tavares. So it's a nice run. Um, it's going to get tougher after uh, after this uh, Arizona uh, Coyotes game. Then it's uh, you got Vegas, Colorado, and Vegas coming up. Woof! That is a test of merit for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, Let's shame, let's shame our producer Chris Horvat. Uh, the opening thought today is going to be all about the NBA All Star Game. I mean, the best part actually is probably um, 
Sabrina Iescu versus Steph Curry. That was fun on it Saturday was. night. It, it was awesome. It was definitely the highlight of the weekend for me personally. Yeah, was, well, I don't want to say the highlight of my entire weekend, but that was fun. I that was. I made sure I was checking on Twitter when that was starting because I was watching something else because like I don't care for uh, even the three point contest. So, oh, Steph's not in it. Oh, he's just taking on Sabrina. Okay, I'll wait. And then when they said, "Oh, it's coming up," I'm like, "All right," I turned it on. Did you watch the whole NBA All-Star game on Sunday? I did, and let me tell you, they didn't even start on time. It was supposed to start at 8 o'clock. The game didn't tip off until like 8.40. And I already told you this off-air. I did watch the whole game, but I was doing other things in the background. It's called multitasking, Matthew. I know for a fact that you're very good at it, so I don't know why you would snub your nose at me. Because I could have something else on in the background that's not that. Um, maybe, do you have Netflix? Yes. Okay, maybe one of the movies that could be up for Best Picture, or or go watch Nyad. Go watch Nyad. It's a story of, a true life story uh, about this woman who swam, or was attempting to swim, from Cuba to Key West. Annette Benning nominated, uh, uh, Ju- uh, um, uh, nominated for an Oscar. So, uh, Jodie Foster, nominated for an Oscar. So- something like that in the background, not the NBA All-Star Game. Listen, is it is it my fault that they grossly underdelivered on what was expected to be one of the more competitive All-Star games in recent memory? Maybe, but I'll, I'll live with my choices. This isn't in the script, but the thing is is what the NBA did this time, they stopped lying to you. The All-Star game, you know, especially in the last decade or so, they've lied about caring, but they did a good job of lying. I enjoy being lied to. Girlfriend says, "You look great." She's lying. I'm fine with that. If we do the old classic thing about faking the orgasm, I'm fine with that because it means she is burning calories to make me feel good about myself. I am good with being lied to. And that's what the NBA has always done with the All-Star game. This year, they're like, bleep it. We're not lying. Let's get All right, let's get to it. Let's get to my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! All right, the NBA All-Star Game was an absolute embarrassment, even by the standards of all the All-Star Games and all the North American sports. This one really stood out. Now, I get it. The game won't be as competitive as the regular season. Makes sense. We see that in all sports. But the final score is staggering 211 to 186. That score was jarring. You know in Miami when the Dolphins scored 70 points on Denver? We couldn't get that out of our heads for the entire NFL season. When you see 211 and 186, it's like, wait, what happened? This is a game that featured... And I'm not joking. These are the numbers. 168 three-point shots. And there was five free throws. The West took 143 total shots in the game. And they attempted one free throw. Now, the free throw is the best did-you-give-a-bleep stat. 
It means on one side, you probably, you know, put some effort driving to the basket. You tried to score, while on the other side, there was at least evidence of minimal amount of defense given. This game had no effort, no defense, no caring. I I want you to listen. This is the funniest clip. We're going to play this clip throughout the show. Here's Adam Silver. Like Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, he sounds like when when your kid uh, didn't do their homework, didn't try in sports, spilled milk, gave you two middle fingers, and says, I'm going upstairs to play Nintendo Switch for the next three hours. Here is Adam Silver giving the handing out the trophy to the winning Eastern team. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. <laughs> well... Congratulations. Giannis, to your team, this trophy is yours. God, he was angry. All they did when they spoke about how, yeah, we're going to get, this game should be competitive, and it wasn't. Lillard said, I think it could have been more competitive. Jalen Brown, I guess more solutions need to be had. Tyrese Halliburton, obviously it wasn't high intensity at all. Now, this is not just a basketball issue. Here on Gameplay, we like to be fair and balanced. This is a sports issue. Football, 2012, the Pro Bowl. Final score, 62-35. to 35. Roger Goodell was on SiriusXM soon afterwards and said that if players do not play more competitively, that he was going to be inclined to not play the Pro Bowl anymore. The game switched. It was no longer AFC versus NFC. They tried a fantasy draft. Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders picking teams. None of it worked. 2022. Goodell said, no, nope, doesn't work. We're, uh, we're done. We're going to find another way to celebrate the players. Now the Pro Bowl, it's a skills competition, and it ends with a flag football game. It actually is. You might not know that. You know how like old school people are like, ah, ah, football. This is what we're hitting. Can't do anything anymore. They might as well make it flag football. That's what they did for the Pro Bowl. (laughs) Hockey. They flipped from traditional conference versus conference. They tried a fantasy draft. They then did a a split of the four divisions doing battle uh, this past year. In case you already forgot the the format this year, it was four teams, three-on-three format. uh, uh, But uh, they, they brought back the fantasy draft that they hadn't brought back since they hadn't used since 2015. Did that last sentence confuse you? It was meant to. I'm still confused by what they do in the NHL. The the only memory I have of an NHL All-Star game the past 20 years is John Scott winning the MVP in 2016. Remember that? That was a lark. So how do you fix it? You don't. You can't. Football and hockey have the highest chances of injury. Basketball, the salaries are so high and everyone is friends with everyone, unless you're Draymond Green. In fact, you want to have a good NBA All-Star game? Here's one solution. One, you're going to have to clone Draymond Green. There's going to be certain scientific and religious and philosophical things going on when we clone humans. And and really, you can clone a human, and the first one you pick is Draymond Green. What about Tom Hanks? All right, so you clone 11 Draymond Greens. And then you have an all-star game with 11, 12 Draymond Greens over here. And on the other side, every player Draymond Green is punched. And let them do battle. That would be a competitive game. You see, this is what happens when salaries hit these heights. Leagues that cater, like the NBA, they cater so much to the players. And the players are all buddies. 
Until Jokic and Luka start giving a damn, why would any of the other players, Giannis, Lillard, Durant, you guys all played 23 minutes or more. Where was your give a bleep meter? And the shame of it all is the name of the of the trophy, the MVP of the All-Star Game. It's named after Kobe Bryant. Kobe did care. Now, not throughout the game. It's not like Kobe went to the free throw line 17 times. But in the fourth quarter, it's like, all right, time to care, time to win. There's none of that in the NBA. None. And the problem is that rule changes, tweaks, minor incentives, they cannot beat human nature. Human nature is always going to win. You know, and they, they say, ah, war, we, we got to end this war on terror. Well, There's always going to be terror, you know. It's, it's like any of these things, you know, you, you, you can't beat it. It's in the nature of the modern athlete to not care about these events. Now, I know that may sound like I'm being critical of these players on a personal level, but I imagine most people in any other line of work would act the same. Money's too much. Everyone's bigger, faster, and stronger, so there's a greater chance of injury. You want these games to matter. And there are, there are only two ways to do it. There's, the, there's a logical, and then there's crazy solutions. My crazy one beyond um, uh, uh, cloning Draymond. The winning players, here's what they get. You want to incentivize the players? For one year, Charles Barkley and the NBA on TNT broadcast, they're not allowed to be critical or make fun of you. They can only shower this, these players from the winning team with praise for all year. A famous singer, whoever's single right now, will be courtside to the remainder of your home games. If you win the MVP of the All-Star Game, you get your own Taylor Swift bounce. Ariana Grande, she singled uh, Dua Lipa. I have no idea. Are they single? Maybe. You get to partner, and I'm going to script the name, with Cambry Lane. It's a gentleman who doesn't speak. He's on TikTok. He's, he's got like over 200 million followers. I can already see the looks behind the glass. They're looking up who this person is. I, I Googled it uh, this morning. The winning players, they're exempt from the 65-game rule. They can win all the awards they want by playing in just 12 games. The real solution may be America versus the world. Wrap it in the flag. Nationalism can still work. Now, the problem is there's only five non-U.S.-born All-Stars in this weekend's All-Star game. But we've seen in FIBA events... NBA experience doesn't always lead to success. Ask Canada. Of course, in the end, all of these all-star games are going extinct. It's extinct already in the NFL. We'll see about hockey. And in basketball, the players told you how they feel about it. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be a part of it. The NBA all-star game, it's a DVD player. It was great in the 70s, or it was great in the 80s and the 90s. But over time, they've gone extinct. People don't really care, and we just all move on. But hey, we'll always have John Scott. And that is my opening thought. I'm finished. Like these games, all of them are, are, are done. By the way, uh, do you guys know who that, uh, that TikTok uh, star was? I, I looked. Ah, oh, uh, Josh Poulos, the youngest member of TSN Thumbs Up. So he knew... He knew who that person was. I do not use TikTok, so yeah, I'm not familiar I. with that. Uh, I Google that. I, let's get Poulos on. If, yeah, uh, Josh Poulos, Poulos, get on the mic. Who is this individual? Who is that? Uh, and how did I miss, how bad I mispronounce their name? No, you said it absolutely right. Yeah! Cammy Ka- Lame, he's a famous TikToker, and yeah. all he does in his videos is stand there mm-hmm. and give no reaction or point at something and say nothing. And that's how it's he like the has, equivalent of the Kardashians. God is fame. Hold on a second here. Now, this fella, good-looking guy, 
He stands there and he points to things and he says nothing. And he's over 200 million followers. Is that, that, is that correct? Did I hear that right? Yes, yes. Um, okay. That may or may not be an indictment on our society. Do you know how hard it is you're making me, Josh, not to go full old man? <laughs> Do you realize, like, as the 48-year-old here, it's basically me and Shim Taddy confused with the current world? I just want to go off on all of it right now, but I won't. I remember being 12 and 13, like, ah, be quiet, old man. There's nothing wrong with my Walkman. Ah, you know. <laughs> Getting back to the All-Star game, though, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know some people don't want to hear this, but I, I do think that there was a certain level of circumstance that kind of factored into the bad result on Sunday. It has kind of been an unspoken rule in every NBA All-Star game for the last 10 years. First three quarters, you kind of mess around. You don't take it that seriously. And then the fourth quarter arrives. Everybody locks in. They start playing defense. And it becomes something resembling basketball. I think what happened this year is that the game was so out of hand by that point. The Western Conference was like, why are we going to lock in and start trying now? We're down by 20. We're not, we're not going to come back. So, I don't know. Everything you said about the All-Star game is correct, and I do think that it's in need of a serious makeover. It can't be made over. But it, I, ca- it cannot be made over. How do you combat human nature? I that's think, what we're that's what we're up against here. I think the global versus America thing it, That's the closest one. It injects some life into it because I think when you get all of the non American players on one team, it almost creates like this internal rallying point yes, where, where they us like, against them. Yes. No one thinks we can win. Yeah. No, that's it. Because in a game that uh had uh, four hundred points, there was three fouls and there was Five free throws. Carl Anthony Towns had a 50-burger. The most, the most irrelevant 50-burger of all time. Since his uh, irrelevant 60-plus burger in a loss. That's right. Yeah. Oh, he, wow. Yeah, that's... Uh, all right, we'll take a break. On, uh, we'll get back on this at 2.30. Uh, Keith Smith is going to join the show, NBA writer. But on the other side, we'll, uh, we'll chat a little bit more about the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the weekend that was, and uh, Austin Matthews. Once I said this last week, Austin Matthews is so good right now, 60 goals would be a disappointment. More Leafs next. Marner with it again, back of the goal, trying to center, he does! And Big Pappy is tied, got the Leafs in the lead, 2-1, to one, as he continues to scintillate in the goal-scoring department. We're just going to lean into Matt is old conversation, because... Still confused by these TikTok people. In a second, I'll tell you what Doogie Hauser's idea was because I was uh, talking to Josh and Chris Horvat about how does Matt become TikTok famous, which I feel like is going to be difficult. But uh, let's reference a movie from 1977 for a second, shall we? Austin Matthews reminds me of Jaws. If you go back and look at the power play goal scored there to make it 2-1 early, uh, was it early? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, it was very early in the third period. Excuse me. If you go back and watch it, Austin Matthews is just circling. He's got this open space to the, to the right of the net, and he's just circling and waiting, circling and waiting, just like Jaws did, waiting to, uh, to eat, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the crew there to, to get, uh, to get his teeth on the crew of the Orca. And then, fantastic work by Marner behind the net, waiting, waiting, and just such a high-skill pass through the sticks. 
And Matthews and Marner, they both knew what was happening a split second before any of the St. Louis Blues defenders. And then Matthews pounced at that moment. But if you go back and watch it, just circling. And it's the, just the heater right now. Um, 16 goals in the last 13 games. 49th on the season. From a FanDuel perspective, on, on Friday, 14 to 1 to win the heart. Now, you know, just under 5 to 1. Still behind McKinnon and Kucherov. Still behind McDavid. He's in fourth right now. I get it. We'll discuss that probably a little bit more on tomorrow's show, maybe today. But I, I, I watched that, and it reminded me of Jaws. Also, okay, movie, it's still not current, but a little bit newer. Beauty and the Beast. The Matthew Nye's goal. That was a Beauty and the Beast goal. The Beast was the work being done by Matthews and Marner and a couple other Leafs before, winning battles, creating turnovers. And then Nye's, I mean, deking through defenders, and then quick, accurate shot high, hell of a relief, a release, excuse me, in close. The beast was the work done by the beauties, and the beauty was Matthew Nice, who now has six points in his last six games after getting just one in his last nine. It also needs to be said that uh, Josh Poulos was saying, Matt, we're going to do TikTok with you, but wine for children. <laughs> that is verbatim what was wine. Said. So I mean, I mean, Josh here obviously promoting underage drinking. Josh, who just a couple months ago legally allowed to purchase alcohol here in Canada. Are, are you? Are you? Uh, maybe legally now, even in the United States. So I, I like what you're saying. Hey, seven year olds, are you tired of learning about arithmetic? Me too. Well, come <laughs> on, and we'll learn all about the wines of Northern Italy. Jump on board, kids. Okay. Uh, I'll say, yeah. I, I was going to give Josh an opportunity to defend himself. Josh, you here. want to defend yourself real quick? <laughs> That's not what I was getting at at all. I know. You're, I promise. For young, in the, young drinkers in their early 20s, early 20s wanting to learn, educational expand purposes. their palate. I get it. I get it. It's a good idea. Not school children. Not school children. <laughs> okay. So, again, just, be, just to confirm, not school children. Confirm. Okay. I'll tell you guys a story real quick. Do you want to hear the story of how uh, eight-year-old Matthew Cause went to school drunk at Humber yes. Valley Village in Etobicoke? Uh-oh. So the year is around like 1982. My mom is having a big party, a lot of friends over. And there was a they made a, a giant jug of screwdrivers. You remember screwdrivers? It's orange juice and vodka. This is the 80s where parents, you know, didn't care about their kids as much and didn't watch what they did and have them enrolled in 75 different programs. It was just like, okay, kids, you go play. The parents are up here drinking and smoking and living our lives. We'll save another day for me, uh, you know, clowning on parents as a professional uncle. I feel I'm walking a dangerous line. In fact, I've already tipped over to the other side. So we'll just move on from the editorial. This was not consumed. The next day, um, uh, my mom had uh, had this nanny who was helping to look after me and my twin brother, Josh. My mother was a single mom at the time, so needed a little help. So this nanny uh, poured me and my twin brother a glass of orange juice. And we loved this orange juice so very much. We took more of the orange juice. We drank it. And then the orange juice went into our thermoses, and we went to school with it. So, in somewhere in 1982, at Humber Valley Village in Etobicoke, two small children showed up drunk and brought booze to school. So, you're telling me that you got wasted off of one glass? Well, two glasses, like large juice cups, and then we took the rest to lunch. Oh, 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 seven-year-old Horvat could handle this whiskey. Get the hell out of here. Definitely, dude. I was pushing him back, pushing him back.
On the other side, is it time to get rid of the NBA All-Star Game? And how angry is Adam Silver? We discuss that next. Tomorrow's classic Lotto 649 jackpot is an estimated $5 million. And the gold ball jackpot is an estimated $50 million. Enter online at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win $100 in Lotto 649 tickets with Encore. Lotto 649, find your possible. Joining us now, always appreciate when Keith Smith is part of the show, NBA analyst with Spotrack and Front Office Sports. Keith, good afternoon. Thank you so much for being part of the show today. Thank you for having me. By the way, did I say Spotrack or did I mispronounce it? Did I say Sportrack because my producer, Chris Horvat, whispered in my ear, Keith, did I bungle your bio? <laughs> A little bit. I'm not with Front Office Sports. I'm with the Front Office Show on oh. YouTube. And it, <laughs> but it, it, it's Spotrack is the easiest way to remember. It's like Spot and Track yes. all smashed together. Spot Track. I, I think every time I look at it, I just want to say sport. <laughs> I always want to, but it's a, yep. yeah, it's a great site that uh, is one that we go to pretty much on a daily basis, especially looking at contracts and big picture when it comes to the NBA. But today's show, we have to start here, Keith. Is it a simple thing? It's time just to get rid of the All-Star game. The players, they, they finally showed us how they truly feel about it. There was no more lying about, no, we care in the fourth quarter. And this is okay. Maybe, you know, the... the the NFL, they don't even have a football game. they got a flight football game. Is it time just to get rid of the All-Star game? I think we're closer than we've ever been. Uh, to, this is coming from someone who loved the All-Star game for years. As a kid, you know, yeah. I, I grew up, I didn't have league pass and all that. So I couldn't see all these guys whenever I wanted to. So for back then, it was, oh, man, we're getting to see these guys. And there was no dream team. Guys didn't change teams the way they do now. So if you wanted to see you know, Larry Bird and Michael Jordan on the same team, you got it at the All-Star game, and that was it. So it was uh, you know, a very special time back then, and I do think the guys went a little bit harder. Now I think the players have realized, hey, this is an exhibition, and what the NBA either needs to do is lean into, hey, we can just have fun with it and go out there and watch guys shoot 30 and 40 and 50 footers and call it what it is, or we have to really try to find a way to incent these guys to play harder. And I think we're going to lean more towards the former than the latter, just because I, I don't know what they would have to do to make these guys really want to go out there and go hard because nobody wants to risk an injury or anything like that in a meaningless exhibition. Yeah. And I, I think it's a bad, it would be a bad look if you try to incentivize with money. Like, I get it with the in-season tournament. I thought Damian Lillard had a really uh, smart thing when he said, I'm trying to win it, not for me, but there's guys on the bench, the last guy on the roster where the 500000 or whatever it is to the winning team, that makes a big difference for that player and that family. Like, that one I could understand. This, you know, what are you going to give them? Each $9 million to win? I just think that would turn the fans off. Yeah, I'm with you on that, and, and you're absolutely right on the in-season tournament. I had multiple players tell me, like, hey, it, it's the, the prize is great for me. You know, even the guys who make, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 million were like, hey, I'll take more money. But they're, they're like, but for some of these guys, this is half their salary. 
you know, they, this is a chance for them to make, you know, real kind of life-changing money if we win this thing. So that that was, was their motivation. Yeah, in the All-Star game, yeah, we get a handful of guys come through while they're still on their rookie contract, and maybe they haven't made, you know, uh, comparatively all that much money. But the most of these guys, they're, they're near max players and the like. And, and for them, I think they're they, it, it, you'd have to get to such a silly number to get them to care that, that I just don't know that you're going to get them there. How angry do you think Adam Silver is right now? Yeah, I think he wasn't too happy because he had just said uh, earlier that, you know, I think we're going to get a really good game. And he said, I, I think we're going to get this. And I think it's also, hey, we've got TV partners who we're going to be asking for literally billions of dollars watching this. And, and you know, we, we want to make this a part of, hey, if you pay up, you can get All-Star Weekend and the All-Star Game. And, and I think the other disappointing thing is it's after kind of a lackluster All-Star Saturday night. The best part, for my opinion, and I think the opinion of many, was the Stephen Curry-Sabrina Ionescu shootout. Yeah. Most people really got into that. But, you know, the dunk contest, the, the dunk yeah. contest goes in cycles. It kind of, it's good some years, then it's not so good. So I think all combined, it was one of those All-Star weekends where most people were like, yeah, this wasn't so great. Yeah, and I, I don't think you can make it better. Like, the, the, what I joked about, if you want to make the All-Star game great, one, develop the technology to clone humans. Once you've done that, step <laughs> two, clone 11 Draymond Greens, and then have Team Draymond take on every player that Draymond has punched in the head, the face, the groin, or stomped on. That would be a competitive game. Yeah, or, you know, it's funny because I tend to think, not not quite to that level, but I think about, like, the dunk contest. What gets us all fired up in, in, in games is when a guy gets dunked on. And it'd be nice if you could come up with an mm. injury-proof way to have a defender out there and have have these guys go. Like Jalen Brown, he went out there, he had fun, he said he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. But Jalen Brown's an in-game dunker. Like he's he's racked up more bodies than you know a hitman has. So you know this <laughs> guy is you know playing really really well in that sense. And it's like. You know, when you see he's dunked on Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis and, and multiple other big time shot blockers, and then all of a sudden it's in game, it's out there in the dunk contest where it's like, all right, I'm going to jump over somebody and I'm going to put it, you know, behind my back or whatever. And those kind of things, they all feel like we've seen versions of all of this before. If they want the dunk contest to really pop, let, let's uh, start, you know, doing a raise the rim contest where it's, all right, let's see who can get a yeah. dunk on an 11 foot, a 12 foot, a, you know, whatever foot. Ram, or, you know, let them start bringing up props again. The NBA pushed guys to get away from that, but that was fun, you know, when we had Dwight Howard with double baskets out there and Aaron Gordon dunking off, a, you know, a drone, dropping the ball and all sorts of stuff. Like, you know, have fun with it, but, you know, as it is right now, it's just cutting through one of those cycles where it's kind of stale. Yeah, or just have the stars. If you're in the All-Star game, you got to be in the dunk contest. Uh, last All-Star question for you. Is the only, like, way that maybe the game could become watchable would be if it is international world the world versus america wrap it in the nationalism wrap it in the flag the european players and canadians who who think all oh, the americans no one thinks we can beat them it's us against them and then the state starts like, oh we can't lose the europeans and it's gonna be embarrassing for us is that the only sort of simple solution beyond just ending it all together yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible that, that we could get that. Now, I will say that one of the first things that gets brought up is what if you don't have 12 international players that are you know, viable all-stars? You know, what, what if we get there? I'm a little less 
worried about that than, than some others seem to be because, you know, half the league almost now, over a third, it definitely is international players. So I'm not too worried about that. And, you know, we, we might need to bend the rules a little bit for some guys and say, yeah, you know, they're like Joel Embiid, sure, he's going to play for Team USA in, in national team. Yeah. But in terms of, you know, for this, we could call him an international player and let them make up the rules a little. But, yeah, I, I'd be in favor of that. But I, I just I don't get the sense that's where the league wants to go. One of the more interesting ideas I heard was, hey, let's uh, divvy it up and do, you know, put, put 24 guys in and – to divide them up into, you know, four teams of seven guys apiece and play a mini rising challenge like the rising stars do, you know, play a mini tournament like that. And I think that could be kind of a fun idea because you're not asking the guys to go all out for more than about 20 minutes at a time. And, and that could be a fun thing too. Or how about this? If you win the all-star, if you're on the winning all-star game uh, team, you don't have to uh, abide by the 65-game rule. You can load manage as much as you want, and you'll still win all of the awards. Again, from the NBA front office show, Keith Smith is here, and the contributor of Track. not to be mistaken, was if there's anything called Track, avoid them altogether. <laughs> um, the 2024 NBA playoffs are two months away. Which team do you trust more, Keith? The first-place Minnesota Timberwolves, or the fourth place Denver Nuggets. Who does Keith trust more? The Nuggets. They, they they've been there, done that. I, I think their approach to the regular season is much like we've seen teams after they've won a championship. Of all right, we know what it takes. We just get us get us there. Get us to April healthy, and we're ready to go. And I think that's where Denver is at. And that's not to knock Minnesota. They've had a great season. I'm just a little bit worried. You know, this is kind of. They went through it last year, but this is going to be their first time going through through a playoff run with real expectations on them. And I, and I think their offense still, it's a little too hit or miss sometimes for, for me to trust them to win you know four series in a row or anything like that. So it's still Denver for me. On the eastern side of things, the Boston Celtics are clearly the best team in the east. Who's the second best team? Milwaukee? Cleveland? New York? Yeah, that's a great question. It, you know, it, for we all want to say it's the Bucks, right? Because it's Giannis and Dame, and it may very well still be them. But their defense isn't very good. Their depth has proven to be a little shaky. Chris Middleton can't stay healthy, so those are major concerns for them. And, and if they don't start really defending at a way that would they used to, like when when they were right there in the title contention mix, that that's going to be a problem. They're going to have a hard time in the playoffs. So. I think Cleveland has a chance. I think if New York can get healthy, get Julius Randle and OG Ananobi on the floor with their trade deadline moves, I think the Knicks are going to be a tough out because you know Tom Thibodeau's going to have them defending. And I think they've got enough offense now with the guys I mentioned, plus with uh, Jalen Brunson uh, there to, to really kind of push them forward. So I think the Knicks have a chance to, to be there. And, and I'm not going to rule out Philly. If Joel Embiid can get back on the floor and be the guy yeah. that you think you know, he can be. They're going to be in the mix, too. The top of the East is a lot tougher than it has been in previous years. Last question for you, Keith. Who is playing basketball longer this season, LeBron James or Steph Curry? That's a good question. As it stands right now, I mean, they're going to go head-to-head. One of them is going to knock the other one out if they can't make up some ground in the standings. I'll go with the Lakers only because I think there's a greater chance they maybe move up in the standings a spot or two, and then, then they're kind of in a position where you know they only need to do the one one win to get into the playoffs, where the Warriors might need to. And that Warriors team, 
it's not not that we don't all know Stephen Curry is the best player and how great he is, but they are so reliant on him being incredible every night now, even more than it's ever been, that it's really tough on them. If he has even an average game uh, for him, they're, they're struggling to win. So I trust the Lakers a little bit more, but I don't know that I, I trust either one of them all that much. Keith, always appreciate. People want to read you, find you, listen to you. Where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, you can find my written work over at SpotTrack.com, covering all sorts of stuff, uh, contracts. We got a lot of off-season stuff coming up, a, a lot, 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 lot of uh, different kind of landscape in the NBA coming into this off-season. If you're interested in uh, all the latest NBA news and notes and things like that, NBA Front Office Show over on YouTube or anywhere you find podcasts. Always appreciate it. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. That is Keith Smith on all things NBA. On the other side of the show, Yager dropping F-bombs. I'll just leave it like that. Coming up next. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. The celebration of all things Yammer Yager is always fantastic. The stories about who he was as a player, uh, his big life off the ice, the fact that he could probably still give you 12 good minutes a night now is fantastic. Unfortunately, they lose to the Kings 2-1 on Sunday during uh, Yager celebrate, you know, the day where they were retiring his numbers. Celebrating. 12 good minutes a night, eh? More? What do you think? What do you think we get for Yager? No, see, that was a sex joke. You missed it. Oh, a sex joke. Twelve good. Twelve minutes. Who has time for that? What do you sting with? You know that uh, the whole Karma Sutra thing. It's like, listen, like everything in life, you got to be efficient. Anyway, here's Yarmer Yager during the broadcast, ironically dropping an f bomb. He understood my um, language barrier, so we were so. Oh, f- Sorry. <laughs> genuine. I'm more, I'm more nervous than I play. Like, the player came out of you right there. Like, sorry, I was just like, what was it? No, no. Always love the on-air swearing, and there's nothing you can do. Just, just make a joke, laugh, fake laugh about it, and then just move on. Actually, let's uh, let's spin the wheel of old-timey great players. Let's hear from the Larry Bird. This was on Sunday before the start of the NBA All-Star Game. Larry Bird has one request. The one thing I would really like to see is they play hard tonight in this, uh, tonight in this All-Star Game. I think it's very important when you have the best, the best players in the world together, you've got to compete and you've got to play hard. And you've got to show the fans how good they really are. I wish I had a Ron Howard AI mm. voice generator because mm. I would just punch in immediately with, they ended up not playing hard all right. at all. <laughs> Go full arrest development. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that like, like we obviously get it. We're, we're not dumb. The players don't want to get hurt. And, and, when, and when everyone's bigger, faster, the ironic thing is when you're bigger, faster, stronger, it can actually lead to more injuries because you're doing more death-defying things out there and you're pushing the human body as far as you can go. But the other side of this is the All-Star Game is there to entertain. Entertainment is more than 200-plus three-point shots. Like, you know, as fans, yes, offense is more fun than defense. But no defense, there's nothing fun about that at all. Also, the bigger picture, like, do the NBA players, like, they've never 
There's no league that caters to the star players more than in basketball. By a significant amount. By a significant amount. But do the players not realize there is a partnership to this? That the All-Star game loses its luster. And they, they talked about, oh, the ratings were up. But the ratings were partially up. There was no Indy 500. And the way that these networks now, when they air all the different events on their different networks, and there's ways to finagle the numbers. The fact is the All-Star game doesn't have the same panache to it. There isn't the same gravitas. we got to watch it. And part of that is a lot, most of that is on the players. The game isn't as compelling. It's almost exclusively on the players. I I, yeah. I I don't know what the league or anyone affiliated with it could do more to try to incentivize them. But do the players not realize that if they gave a bleep out there, more people would watch? And you know what that means? That means the property, the all-star game as a TV property has more value, which means... ABC, ESPN, Amazon, Netflix, whoever, they'll spend more money to broadcast it because it becomes a must-see event. Well, I think that's just a matter of, at a certain point, like, if you're already making $40, $45 million a year, how... how Because you're doing it, you're being a caretaker for the next generation of all the players that don't make the top dollar for, for the, the guys on the bench. I think that that would be a very noble approach to take, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem like the players reciprocate that kind of thought. The trophy's named after Kobe Bryant. Um, You know what? Instead of me yelling about it, let's do the Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith talking about the All-Star game was a travesty. This ain't about the league. This ain't about administrative issues. This ain't about collective bargaining. This is about you as an individual saying, yo, when Kobe and others were on the court, like, yo, let's compete. That's all not to the degree of a regular season or a playoff game, but at least to the degree of summer league play. They won't even do that. And it comes across as you snubbing your nose. And when it comes across that way, why would it come across that way? Because you have the power to get away with it. And it's abusive. And that is what has happened. And it has elevated a level of disgust that is coming in their direction. Not all. Okay, but some of them, but collectively, because y'all on the court together, you're going to take the brunt of this. You're going to get your money. You're going to get your shine and all of this other stuff. But folks ain't going to forget it because that effort last night, nearly 400 points being scored. That is an embarrassment. It is a travesty. And anybody that participated in that game last night should be ashamed of their damn selves. There is one element (laughs) that we have not brought up yet. and. MLB tried this a while ago, and people got really mad at it. They awarded home field advantage in the World Series for the team that won the All-Star game. And people threw their hands up. They were like, oh, how can a player who's not going to factor into the World Series at all be part of the determination of who gets home field? I do feel like there's something there. Like, think about a team like, like, like two of the biggest culprits this weekend. Luca and Jokic. Yes, exactly. Those two, they could not have cared less if they tried. However, both of those teams are going to be in the running to make the finals in the West. What if all of a sudden you told them, well, if you don't try at the All-Star game, you might not have home court advantage if you make the NBA Finals. Yeah, I agree. I, it's not a bad idea. And, and and in the end, we'll go after this. By the way, our Tuesday Top 5 coming up next. Um, our Top 5 favorite NBA futures bets with the unofficial second half of the season starting. So we'll do that uh, in a couple minutes. But this falls on the top players. This falls on Giannis. This falls on Nikola Jokic. You're the best player. Give it bleep about it. He does, then everyone else falls in line. One of, one of the reasons why the in-season tournament worked? Because LeBron cared. 
Simple as that. All players take their cues. The, the lowercase stars take their cues from the uppercase stars. The uppercase stars take their cue from whoever the best player is. So a lot of this does fall on Jokic. On the other side, as mentioned, scouring through all things FanDuel, our Tuesday top five NBA futures bets. And by the way, Dallas Mavericks might be involved. Raptors may be involved. And what's the most fun bet out there? All of that and more coming up next.